This week, we are talking about May 15th through the 21st, the new moon in Taurus, the sun in Gemini, Mars in Leo, and Jupiter in Taurus. Me and Scott are discussing the new format for our visuals that we're really excited to share with you before we dive into some questions. Some major planetary movements occur this week with Mars transiting into Leo, Jupiter transiting into Taurus, and the new moon in Taurus, concluding with the sun in Gemini. Self-worth, values, and sensuality are all themes, so establish what you love in the material world, find your fun through creativity and following your heart, embrace with your curious nature, and connect with your community to share your joy with those around you. Stay tuned. Oh, and you wanted to... One more announcement. Just wanted to say, if anyone hasn't listened to my episode with Raya Marshall, Raya Sun Astrology. We got into the entire month of May. Uh, so it's a very interesting podcast. It The link is in the show notes. So I encourage you to listen to that as well if you want to get in deep to the entire month. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth. I'm Scott Tajarian. I'm an interpreter of this language. Join me and my co-host Ingrid Iverson, who helps bring an even more practical look at this astral language. The Weekly Transit is here to bring clarity to the chaos, so you can ride the planetary waves instead of the planets riding you. Well, Scott, we have had quite a day already. Our number, our number four, I believe we're on. Yeah, let's see. We started it. Yeah, so yeah, there were we're well, we took like an hour break. So, but this is our fourth hour. So yeah. So if anyone watches the podcast. We have it on YouTube and Spotify mm-hmm. and a little, little clips are going to be appearing on Instagram. Now we're trying to do the whole social media thing. Um, but we have a new format. I think it's also going to be in the newsletter. So if you just see any of our visuals, we've been updating the graphics, working on a new template for making it easier to read. Um, so we've just been doing design work together the whole afternoon, which is kind of unexpected. We had this new thing. We keep saying it's okay, just one more week and we'll have a little meet about the, you know, the changes, but it was just easier to sit together and work it out, which it was, it was amazing. I think we got so much accomplished, but it was like, (laughs) it was so intense. Yeah. Tell me what were you experiencing? Oh no, just the back and forth of getting each little nuance and learning a new every time there's like a new upgrade to our stuff it it's just a lot of energy to create a new format and get it right it's like once we get the hang of it then it's you don't there's no it's just just autopilot but the initial moving of everything from one template to another and the back and forth between i feel like i know all the signs and symbols 
but now that I'm working on helping Scott here with the chart and the placement of the chart, I'm actually learning more. Just, I didn't like, usually I look at the signs and symbols and I see, you know, moon in Aquarius connecting, whether that's a trine or a square or whatever with another planet and another sign. That's the only thing I look at. The rest of the chart kind of disappears to me. So I'm able to analyze it, but there's actually more information in there. So just sitting with you and the back and forth was interesting. But like anytime there's like a learning curve, I'm just like, oh my gosh, my brain feels like, mm. and then Scott's also like, he uses Illustrator, but I've been designing longer and ne- I'm not a teacher. And, you know, Scott's communicating to me in the language of astrology and I'm trying to communicate to him mm. in the language of illustrator and design work so there's like a little bit of a language barrier but i think we work really well together like patience laughter the ridiculousness Mm -hmm. of trying to like communicate over a zoom thing without knowing the names for each of the pieces like i use these tools all the time and i feel like scott's always like no there's a better way i'm like i don't even know how to tell you how it's better because i don't even have the words so like even explaining how i'm trying to like upgrade him is (laughs) is complicated Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i think we're we're going through an upgrade period it's coming to the end of the retrograde and we're like this has been on the plate for a while so we're like cle- oopsie clearing some stuff that's been lingering and that feels exciting yeah i'm really excited i thought i was gonna fall asleep after that session but it was we intense. Both took, well you took maggie on a walk and i took myself on a walk so now i'm feeling mm-hmm. I was like all put together this morning. I like got ready. I put a little makeup on. I like brushed my, like did my hair. Mm. And I'm like a couple hours in, like <laughs> a bit frazzled, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to show everyone the new format. And yeah, yes, there's still some more upgrades going to happen, but yeah, mm-hmm. excited. Cool. Well, thank you for all of your, your work and uh, your expertise in grid and your patience with me and my meticulousness and everything (laughs) and you know i get really it's hard for me not to get agitated yeah (laughs) or annoying annoyed and annoying yeah i become annoying when i'm annoyed that's sort of what i do so yeah you know i feel like there's like moments where it's like i start getting frustrated because i'm getting impatient and then i realize you're getting frustrated because you're impatient and then like then I'm like oh okay this is a lot for Scott to learn even though I'm also learning so I'm just like back and forth between mm-hmm. you know trying to be patient with myself and then also being like accommodating and patient of you for you learning mm-hmm. a new thing and it's like you're so great you're so patient Aww. with me yes yes I mean I, I feel like a like I hate to be a dick but like just move this like one little centimeter this way you know it's like I'm just so like every i want everything to be just so and so uh yeah and i i i want, want it to be that way for you also <laughs> but then i'm like i don't know what you're tell like i'm not seeing you know how to replicate it so it was just like after we got like the halfway point i was like oh i can kind of i can you still I, to figure it out yeah then i'm like yeah. i'm kind of learning what he likes so now i don't have to ask each little tiny fucking thing i was just like yeah. i'm going insane every time yeah. i click something it's the wrong thing and i'm like okay <laughs> we're in a rhythm we're kind of learning it and yeah that was a big um i don't know just i feel like that was like an expansion of our like patience and creativity together so absolutely yeah definitely you know i feel like we're 
much more patient with each other through that experience than we were with like the book. Oh my god, a million percent. We learned. Yeah, Yeah. it was. I honestly, (laughs) when I when we finished that book, I was like, I don't know if I can ever like like work on this level of creating something that's Mm -hmm. like art together because it just felt like maddening to try to learn. I mean, like I said, the same thing at the beginning, like we're tr- I'm trying to communicate in the language of design, which I'm not articulate in communicating. I'm just doing it myself. So I don't know mm-hmm. how to tell him. And he doesn't mm-hmm. even know what I'm saying when I do use words. And then, you know, you're trying to teach yeah. me the language of astrology. And it was just like now the astrology part, I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's much easier. If I didn't know the signs and symbols and we were trying to communicate about this design work right now, it would have been be we would have had to just immediately go to sleep like just there's no way we could have recovered so i'm like okay and now you've been using illustrator and you can kind of communicate like even just seeing the way you want things and kind of knowing how you like it it's like okay we're to a point where we can yeah actually communicate because we have some experience together in it yeah i think the big thing for you was like realizing that i'm i'm not trying to fuck with you you know (laughs) I'm not trying to make it more difficult for you. I, yeah, I'm. I guess also I've I've worked with Chris for so many years. I know exactly how he likes things and kind of vice versa. Mm -hmm. So there's not like the language barrier like Mm -hmm. there is with us. And I, I like, I don't like, I want to learn something new, but then also anytime I do something, I want it to be perfect. So then it's like, okay, now I'm getting frustrated with myself and also kind of with you because I'm like, it's not coming out the way he wants it. I want to be able to just do it right the first time without needing 20 adjustments because that's annoying for us both. So that once, you know, we got over that little learning curve, I was like, okay, I'm starting to get less frustrated because I know what to do without having to like, yeah, to the, the just the learning curve sometimes, even in just in all things i'm like oh i want to be better at dance and then i'm like fuck this is so hard everything looks like shit and it's mm-hmm. like it's just agitating and un- like that uncomfy like ickiness when things are not instantly the way i want them to be <laughs> yeah totally totally absolutely i feel the same way and that's part of the challenge is like we both, both of us at to- the same time <laughs> we both want it to be perfect but your version of perfect is sometimes different than my version of perfect. Yeah. And that's where, you know, the conflict ensues. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think we're getting really <laughs> good at compromise and also just learning each other. And even after all this time, there's still like more to learn. Every time mm-hmm. there's a new project, there is like a new learning curve. Mm. Yeah, Totally. So thank well, you for being on this learning curve journey. Yeah, with me. thank you, Scott. I think we did yeah. great. Yeah. And cool. everyone, let, let us make... know what you think of all the new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh do I want to ask, should we start with some questions? Sure. And then I guess before we get started, if anyone doesn't want to listen to the questions or they want to get right into the week, usually we start the week with questions. I share a little bit about whatever's happening in my week. Scott gives me some feedback about what that means astrologically, a little catch up time. Then we move into each day of the week, kind of like a weather report for what's happening in the planets and stars Mm -hmm. and how to work with the energy. So if you want to skip ahead to each day of the week, or for me, if I'm having a really good day or a really bad day, I like to just go on that day and re-listen to it because I forget what's happening all the time. Um, So there's little time markers in the show notes. You can click on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it goes right to that moment in time. And... 
Yes, I guess I'll just go into the questions now. Okay, cool. Ask we away. Have, we have three questions. I'm going to start with Volunteer Tomato. Oh, wow. Vol Volunteer Tomato would like to know, what astrology placements would you relate to the song I'm Not In Love by 10CC? Do you, do you even know what, I don't even know what that is. 10CC? Okay, wait. Oh. <laughs> I love that you don't know what that is, Ingrid. Never it's a song that came it. out before you were born. It's, it's a song that when when I hear it, it takes me back to the to the seventies, to me being a child. Aww. Because it was such a it was such a huge song at the time. Uh yeah, it was like one of the big songs of the seventies. Maybe if you list. yeah, it's you know, uh, you know, how does it go? It's like uh I'll play a little clip. Maybe I can well, play a little clip in the when I, you know, edit it together. Yeah, well, we'll put we'll put the song in the like a link to the song in the show notes. Okay. Um, but you know, it's that song goes, "I'm not in love, so don't forget it. It's just a silly phase I'm going through." Does that make sense? Do you does that? And just because I call you up, don't get me wrong, don't think you've got it made. Oh, it's really sweet. I don't know. I, it's yeah, it's it's like it's it's really kind of a timeless song because like you listen to it and you're like, this could be a song from today. You know, like the way that they recorded this song is so innovative for the time that it was recorded i mean the song came out in 1975 in may of 1975 and i don't even know maybe I, like if you youtube like the making of the song mm -hmm. there's different documentaries on it uh, because they recorded like i don't know like hundreds of vocal tracks just layered over each other uh, in different like harmonic harmonic tones that uh, it it just it's so rich and and like the the synthesizers and everything it, it's really kind of a timeless song and it was it was way ahead of its time in the 1970s it was very very innovative and uh, the the four guys in the band uh, 10 CC were all like uh, super like there were, there were big session musicians and, and, and really big songwriters too. Like uh, one of the writers of the song, Graham Goldman, uh, I'm not going to go through all the different songs. Like you, you can look on Wikipedia and, and all familiar. that, but, but he, like, he wrote some big hits in the 1960s uh, that he, he didn't sing, but bands like uh, the Yardbirds or the Hollies, uh, Herman's Hermits, they they sang his songs. So very accomplished songwriter. So you know to answer the question Wait, before yeah. you answer, can I yeah. give a guess based on okay. the song title? Yeah, um, tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Venus, yeah. Venus, and or Pluto and Venus are those in there? Well, but what or your the question? Is oh, the question is like I don't even remember uh, what, what astrology astrological place placements? What astrology placements? So to me, they're asking like an alignment. Well, I, 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 I think they're asking like the way that I take the question is mm -hmm. 
you know, like what signs, what are the vibes of the different signs or whatever from the astral? I mean, I can tell you where the planets were in May of 1975. If, if that's the, you know, the question. No, no that's not the question. The question is like the, the vibe the feeling. Yeah. Right? The feeling, I think the feeling I of think the I would, song. I would guess, well, you know, the song, but I would just guess Pluto or Uranus and, but where are these Venus? I think, but it's like, where are these planets though? You know, like, see, I can't do that part. That's your, that's on you. (laughs) Well, well, I mean, but no, but think about it this way, Ingrid, like what, like what sign is the vibe? Venus. No, that's Venus Venus is a planet. Oh, what sign? What sign does Venus rule? So you're saying like Libra or Taurus? Oh my God. I am brain dead. Um, (laughs) I would say. I guess, yeah, I guess either one of those would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, Libra is the sign of relationships. And then Taurus, but you said Taurus? Yeah, Taurus is also ruled by Venus. Really? Well, I guess I wouldn't really relate Taurus in my mind. Hold on, my phone went off. Um, I would lean more towards uh, Libra than Taurus, but that's just me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, there's definitely that, you know, the harmony. When you listen to the song, the harmony is very Libra, uh, but there is like this richness of Taurus where just like the lush sound, you know, it's like a, a lush, uh, rich, a rich sound to the song. It's very rich. And, and one of the songwriters, Graham Goldman, he is a Taurus son. Uh, the other songwriter, Eric Stewart, who another very accomplished songwriter and session musician. He is an Aquarius sun, which I find that very interesting because the, the sort of the idea for the song came from him. And it came from this idea for the song after his wife, who he'd been married to for eight years at that point had asked him why he did not say I love you more often to her. And he said that I had this crazy idea in my mind that repeating those words would would somehow degrade the meaning. So I told her, well, if I say every day, I love you, darling, I love you, blah, 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 it's not going to mean anything eventually. So that's where, you know, I'm not in love, I guess, comes from. But it's just so interesting because... When I think of Aquarius, I think of, you know, it's that detached, mm. it's not, it's not a lovey-dovey yeah. sign. And yeah, so, you can have the emotions without being like in them. They're a little yes. more, uh, a little more like factual mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the information. Yeah. I mean, so, I also feel that like, I do say it often. I will say it to my friends, but also I can see. I can see someone's perspective of just being like, well, I don't, why do I need to say it all the time? Like it takes Mm -hmm. the magic out of that expression Mm. when it's just overused. Well, now I feel like, especially now thinking about this song, it's like, everyone's like, love you. They just, just met you that day. And they'll say, love you. It's like, yeah, yeah. I literally don't even know you. And if something happened to you, I would not even like, that would suck. But like, also I'm not emotionally attached to this person where your heart is broken. If something bad happened to them, it's like, it's not affecting you emotionally, but we're using the word 
like words i love you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was saying it's a good thing or a bad thing really it's just like kind of the culture these days we've like adopted these little like phrases and and it maybe kind of cheapens the meaning to some well, then degree it's like, i mean then it can also be confusing because maybe you're dating someone new and you're like oh love you bye and it's like well is that love you bye like <laughs> i just met you haha like you're yeah. so cool and we connect or it's like oh like i'm in love with you like there's a deep deep heartfelt connection that like of magical like unexplained like richness of feeling those are two different things but it's the same exact phrase yes well i i feel like there's a difference between saying i love you and saying i'm in love with you mm-hmm. like if you're saying i'm in love with you there's like a deeper meaning it's like a deeper but, ro- romantic sort yeah, of but even but in in that relationship you're not going to always be like oh my gosh i'm in love with you like once you're like connected you're just gonna say i love you like i love you so much that's that in love part i think would be kind of i don't know say that like even in well no no i mean i have said that but yeah even in the relationship those are two different things when you say oh i'm in love with you and i love you that even those two are a bit different when you're expressing those feelings oh also yeah well what about what about any like leo energy of like the courage of expression maybe it doesn't really feel leo to me like if you listen to the song like i i feel like pisces it's dreamy i feel taurus it's lush and rich and i feel aquarius because it's an innovative song, but it's also it's also detached. Mm. It's it's saying I'm not in love, but at the same time, there's like a deep there's a deep meaning in the lyrics. Uh, it's it's like he's saying he's not in love, but at the same time, it's like such a deep love song. And then there's also like this interlude in the song, which apparently one of the uh, she was like the the receptionist at the at the studio where they were recording it they had her come in to say this one part that is like it's just like this iconic part of the song where it's like this interlude where this female voice comes on and says be quiet big boys don't cry big boys don't cry big boys don't cry and it's like there's something about that or it's like yeah so we're not supposed to get emotional We've got a, mm. that's that Aquarius energy. Mm. We're not mm. supposed to get emotional. We're just supposed to be logical about the feeling and not get into the feeling. So <laughs> like think- one of the, one of the verses is I keep your picture on the wall. It hides a nasty stain that's lying there. So don't ask me to, to give it back. I know, you know, it doesn't mean that much to me. So on one hand, he's he's saying that the picture doesn't mean that much, but he's not going to give it back because it's covering a stain on the wall. He's like, I need it. <laughs> exactly. I need it for practical, for practical purposes. Yeah, totally, totally. And maybe that's some Virgo energy right there too, because uh, uh, so yeah, Graham Goldman, he was a, or he is a, a Virgo moon. So yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I kind of think we answered most of this question yeah. in a little more detail than I anticipated, but this is kind of a fun, 
way to learn astrology is just kind of intuitively choosing the signs and hearing, you know, even for myself, even if I'm wrong, just kind of guessing what would resonate with that and then hearing your feedback. I think this is a cool way to just get a little deeper into the signs and kind of like use our intuition because there's no right or wrong. Obviously, it's a song. It's not, you know, we could have a birth time for the song, but it's just, yeah, it just feels more like this is kind of like I looked for the birth culture. time of the song. I couldn't I knew find you a did. birth. I, I couldn't find a birth time. I, I, it, it said like it was recorded during these mm-hmm. like sort of months or whatever, but there was no like specific. It was recorded on this day at this time or place. But I, I really appreciate uh, the question, Volunteer Tomato, uh, because it sent me on a sent me on a rabbit hole, just like digging into the song and the history of it and. The meaning behind it is very interesting, and it took me back to to my childhood. We're going to move on to Wes Meeker. He says, I've noticed that my moon is in the same sign as my parents' sun signs. They're both Mm. Pisces sun signs, and I'm a Pisces moon. Likewise, my wife's moon sign, Cancer moon, is the same as her dad's sun sign, Cancer sign. And our Mm. son shares the same sign in his moon, Aquarius, as his mother's sun sign, Aquarius. Is this just a coincidence? In my home, is this a thing that moon signs mirror a parent sun sign, or is this just a coincidence in my home? Either way, what is your relationship between the moon sign and your parents' astrological sun signs? I have heard in childhood it may exhibit more of your moon signs than your sun signs as you're still developing your personality. I love this question, and I feel like we've kind of talked about this before, yeah. just in you know you telling me on my my personal stuff about myself and my parents and family dynamics. So I'm kind of I think this is a great question. Thank you, Wes. Yes, thank you, Wes. I, you know, I've, I've said this many times and I'll continue to say it over and again because it's so fascinating to me. I, I love seeing uh, the reflections between parents and children, siblings. It's It's fascinating, you know, in family. There's like family traits, family astrological traits. And so... I would say that it's very unique, but it's also not uncommon uh, because I more often than not, not necessarily seen, I think it's very like fascinating that, that Wes is his son, his, his moon sign is reflecting his parents' sun sign and his wife's moon sign is reflecting her dad's sun sign and their child's moon sign is reflecting the wife, the mother's sun sign. So that's fascinating. But I often see more often than not that people share reflections in the primal triad with their parents and siblings it's it's more peculiar to me when i see parents and children that don't have any reflections with each other oh so so that means it would be kind of common to be seeing just just from my experience i i I mean not necessarily in the exact way that wes describes Mm -hmm. with his family you know, maybe it's somebody's, you know, the father's sun sign is the child's rising sign, or the child's sun sign is the father's moon sign or the mother's moon sign or, you know, uh, but there's usually, I, I more often than not see parents' signs reflected, their their primal triad reflected in their children. 
like in my family uh, in particular, like the, I'm a Scorpio sun. My mom's a Scorpio moon. My sister's a Scorpio rising. My dad is a Taurus sun, Taurus, Taurus moon. I'm a Taurus rising. Uh, my mom is an Aquarius sun and my sister is an Aquarius moon. So that is one instant like Wes where Wes was talking about the parent's sun sign reflected in the child's moon sign. That's the same. What what his son shares with his mom is the same with what my sister shares with our mom. Um, can we use one of the examples of those connections, the sun versus the moon reflecting in each other, how that would affect their relationship or like uh, their personalities in some way, like reflecting each other? Yeah, it's, it is like, so you know, if somebody's moon is reflecting their parents' sun, there is there is an understanding between the two. There's some sort of emotional compatibility going on there because the child's emotions are reflecting the parents' identity. So yes. yeah. And and you know, it's one of those funny things where people will say, Oh my God, you look so much like your dad, or you look so much like your mom. And like, I had this funny conversation with uh, a woman that I grew up with from the time we were like four years old. And this, this was the last time I was up visiting back home and we went out to dinner and I was just like vomiting astrology all over her. And she was, <laughs> no, not uh, you, Scott. <laughs> and, and she was like, well, you know, then you and your dad must have something in common astrologically because you look so much like your dad. And I'm like, well, my dad is a Taurus sun and a Taurus moon and I'm a Taurus rising. So there you have, there's the reflection. So uh, um, you're like, I proved it. Yeah, exactly. God's got an answer so, for everything over here. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's fun to see how they reflect in the personality, but also in the physicality as well. Um, well, let's see. Thank you, Wes. I think that, yeah, this is really interesting. I feel like almost every time I bring up, like obviously in family dynamics, but even in like relationships and, you know, these, even if it's not in the primal triad, like Scott notices mostly, mm-hmm. it's like, like astrology is such a great tool for reflecting each other in relationships and, you know, just digging a little deeper into um, like compatibility charts mm-hmm. is super cool because we learn more about each other, more of what we're in common, what we have in common or what we do not have in common. So we can understand someone better. Who's not like us. Yes. Um, but if you there, if anyone doesn't know, Scott also does compatibility charts. You can do it for a romantic partnership. You could do it for your siblings, for your parents, for your kid, for coworkers. And yes. those are some of my favorite things. Like I already kind of know what's going on with myself, but I learned so much about myself through relationship and how to be more understanding and compassionate and a better communicator through like I always call Scott for when I'm having some sort of issue uh, Mm -hmm. with somebody and there's always some some sort of insight that happens by looking at our charts and Mm -hmm. how we connect how we can connect better what is irritating about that person or you know how we can be more on the same page what that person needs what I need uh, to feel heard and seen. So I always just think that's really interesting. And I think this question kind of, you know, makes me think about just our compatibility with each other and how we can yes. learn. Can, I, I just want to also say one other thing, Ingrid, like just yeah. thinking of your family, mm-hmm. you know, you're a Gemini rising. Angela, your sister's a Gemini moon. 
Of course she is. She's a Angela's a, a Sagittarius sun and an Aquarius rising. Your dad is an Aquarius moon and a Sagittarius rising. Your Ooh. mom is a Sagittarius moon and an Aquarius rising. Wow, dude. So you see how yeah. Yeah. everybody is tying into somebody mm-hmm. in some way. So, yeah, it's fascinating. All right, I want to move on to our last question. Okay. Kendra Charles, she said her North Node is in Aries, like Ingrid. Yay. And what does the Jupiter Kazemi? Kazemi, yeah. I never Kazimi. heard of this. Yeah. What does the Jupiter Kazemi on our natal North Node mean? I have not even a clue because I've never even heard this word. So I guess first, what is Kazemi? <laughs> Kazemi is Kazemi is like the word for a conjunction. It's like another phrase for a conjunction. It's when uh, two planets join at the same sign. <laughs> so, so I so have it too. No, what she's talking about, and this is already passed for you. I don't know if it's passed for her, but uh, when Jupiter crossed over your North Node, uh-huh. so I'm not sure uh, where what degree the North Node is for Kendra, mm-hmm. but you know when Jupiter crosses over the North Node, when it's conjunct with the North Node, yeah. Jupiter, the planet of expansion. It feels like so, an exciting time for yeah fulfilling your life's purpose in some way it's opportunity totally or you know even recognizing what it is seeing what it is or having having opportunities to to like you said like like lean into your soul's purpose Mm. so with you if jupiter if you're born with well actually you know this week we're going to be talking about jupiter moving into taurus so really it's for the people that have the north node in taurus that are going to be affected by this moving forward over the next year is jupiter is going to cross over that point where your north node is and you're going to get that expanded awareness of what your soul's purpose is and being given an opportunity to follow that purpose and kazimi is that specific to the north node in jupiter or is that when any uh any it's just another word for uh conjunction oh okay so, okay, cool i yeah, love that word so, yeah kazemi yeah the medieval astrological term that is used to refer to planets that are so close to a conjunction um yeah so i think it's actually meant for the sun uh is when it's typically referred as when the sun because it's like there's i i have to look up the word it's uh it's a Latin translation of the Arabic term kasmimi, uh, which means as if in the heart. So when you think of the sun is like the heart of the solar system, the sun rules the heart. So it's really about the sun. So I don't know if it's like technically uh, you would say that Jupiter is Kazemi with the North Node. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it might be more in reference to just the sun. So, but I don't know, you can Google that and look it up and and see for yourself. So, but yeah, in the heart. So it's like burning it up and, and giving it a birth, a rebirth through the fire energy of the sun. Okay. Amazing. Thank you, Kendra. And then before we get into the week, would you like to thank our sponsors, Scott? Yes, of course. I want to thank Jessica, Kendra, 
Larry, Jasmine, Brenna, Barbara, Janelle, Vincent and Michelle, Clarissa, Nicole, Aline, Cassie, Merdinus, Brooke, Ricky, Amaranth, Annie, Amber, Deborah, Haley, Janine, Carrie, and Catherine. Thank you. Thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. It allows us to do more time. It allows us to spend more time doing what we love, sharing the planets and stars with you. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to the show notes, go to the support link, and you can donate $1, $5, or $10 a month. Uh, you can also buy the book, The Basics of Astrology. You can book a reading with Scott. You can share the podcast with your friends or on your social media. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel or our Instagram or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And yeah, subscribe to YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube. Yeah, we're trying to get monetized on YouTube, so we need to get to a thousand subscribers, and I think we're at like around seven hundred. Yeah. So yeah, even if you don't watch us normally, just go subscribe there because it does help us anyways. Just because we want to get to that certain number. Yes. Um. And thank you. If you are new to the podcast and you want to dive deeper into astrology, the way the podcast works is you're supposed to listen to the podcast and then look at the signs and symbols, which Scott draws out. They go in the newsletter every week. They live on the website. So if you go to theweeklytransit.com, you go to the forecast. It's a little overview of what we talk about each day of the week, along with a photo of the alignments and all of the prompts, like the journal questions that Scott asks me on here. And then you grab the basics of astrology. It's a glossary of all the terms and symbols, little like short, quick, like astrology for dummies, like easy to absorb. If you wanted to read a chart yourself, you really could translate it. Um, and it's also a nice way to support the podcast. So listen to us, go look at the symbols, go get the book. And are you ready to dive into the week? Let's dive into it, Ingrid. Here we are, Ingrid, on Monday, May 15th. We're looking at Mars, the god of war, the planet of action, aggression, and conflict in the cardinal water sign, symbolized by the crab, Cancer, forming a positive trine with Neptune, the god of fresh water and the sea, the planet of illusion, deception, compassion, and intuition in the mutable water sign, symbolized by the fish, Pisces. Neptune is also the planetary ruler of Pisces. So... The planet of action in Cancer, the sign that represents the past. So this week, the Mars Mars moves into Leo this week. And this is the last major aspect that Mars makes. And this is this is an opportunity for you to delve into your past, your roots, your upbringing, your childhood, the ones who raised and nurtured you, your ancestors. And really take a courageous look at how they affected your unconscious, your, the, the, the sort of, what is the unconscious? It's like, we're all, it's like when you're running on autopilot, just mm -hmm. your sort of ideas of things that you don't even realize you have an idea of something until somebody tells you, well, why do you think that way? And it's like, oh. Well, I guess because I've always thought this way because my my mom, my dad, my cousin, my brother, my sister, all these different things. So what is going on beneath the surface? This is giving you an opportunity to take a courageous look at 
what is going on beneath the surface of your mind. Any guilt, shame, regret, or blame you may be feeling. And nurturing your younger self for the experiences that you had as a child that created this thought pattern that has carried you through into your adulthood because you created this thought pattern because you needed to in order to feel safe. Mm. And now it's actually keeping you maybe from what it is you want. Ah. Uh, you're, you're living in too much <laughs> fear, perhaps. I mean, and so yes. I, I don't know if on this day is when you would recognize that these patterns are so deeply ingrained in you and they are unconscious. It's like, we can only, we can't always look forward in the future and correct things. It's like something has to arise where we actually see these things manifest in our life where we're like, Oh fuck, I'm doing this because of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And it really is affecting me now. I mean, I feel like, especially in my, in particular, my romantic relationships, I have these moments where I'm like, oh my God, this is because of my parents' relationship that I saw growing up or how I was treated as a child. And it's manifesting in choosing the wrong partner. Mm -hmm. And even though it's uncomfortable picking someone who's not really compatible with me and it being a mirror image of what I saw growing up. And then my sister shares her relationship issues. And I'm like, dude, that's her fucking dad. This is our dad and you are mom right now. And I'm just like, holy, like, wow. My, my cousin came to visit and she just shared about more of our family dynamics and <laughs> our, our aunts and uncles and our grandparents and all of the kids, all of the siblings. And I'm just like, dude, this is crazy. Like we're now able to, in this moment, see why our parents are the way they are. We've kind of been doing, I mean, she has gotten readings from you and mm -hmm. she's very into astrology and using it as a tool for her personal growth. And she's totally tapping into this in trying to see why our family is the way that it is. Why did we end up this way? Why are the siblings this way to each other and to their kids? And how can we heal and move forward? Because unless we look at the pattern and recognize it, and even then, once you recognize it, it doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just fix it with like a, mm -hmm. you know, you just don't can't just put a Band-Aid on it and it's fixed. It's like, you can put that Band-Aid on it now where you're like, okay, I want to heal this. But it takes time to actually heal. Even when I think I consciously make a different choice, a year, two years later into a relate this, this guy that I've been seeing, I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell? This is on me. This is all my psychological baggage. that's now surfacing where I thought I was choosing all of this different stuff through my childhood. And I'm like, Oh shit, there is so much more in those dark corners that need to be fucking cleaned out, swept out. Like those corners need to be cleaned all the time. And it's, there's not always the opportunity to always have the light shining in the corner for you to be able to see it and this and it, is now this is that light with okay. mars there right and now we can do something mars, about it yes yes okay. it's bringing in awareness there it's it's directing your attention like you may be during this mars in cancer energy maybe you've been going through conflicts in your home life in your family life it's meant to be churning up these patterns and habits and traits that you've picked up from your family mm -hmm. in order to cleanse them out if they're not serving you like going back to that question that Wes brought up about the the commonalities between parents and children with the primal triad you know and you you talking about Jennifer and her talking about 
your cousins and aunts and uncles and that sort of thing. I've gone through my entire family, everyone that I could get the birth information from. And you can literally see like certain branches in the family tree that have certain astrological traits that maybe another branch doesn't have. And it makes sense why this branch is that way. And that branch is this way, Mm -hmm. or, you know, what ties the two branches together. So there's a lot to uncover when you're looking at the astrology of your family and you start to recognize, oh, this is why we are the way that we are. Amazing. How do we? It's it's amazing. It's this, yeah, yeah, this is a really, I'm already feeling this kind of energy. So I am, this is like a special day for me to personally note that, you know, this is something I've been really working on to begin with. So to take take time out of my day to really sit with this and see how I can take the action to like clear this shit out because mm. I don't like it mm. I don't want to do yeah. it anymore exactly exactly so but be compassionate to yourself during the process and empathetic to the others who are involved now moving on to Tuesday Tuesday May 16th we've got a couple transits that we're going to be talking about a lot this week i do want to say that it's nice when you zoom in even if it's not perfect even if it's like 50 percent oh, oh nice. i can i can zoom in now for oh. some reason i couldn't before and now i can't so i don't hey. fucking understand how this works sometimes it <laughs> lets me zoom in sometimes it doesn't so okay so let's let's go around the horn here what are we looking at we're looking at pluto the god of death lord of the underworld the planet of transformation in the fixed air signs symbolized by the water bearer aquarius forming a stressful square with Jupiter, the planet of luck and expansion, in that's just transited in to the fixed Earth sign symbolized by the bull, Taurus. So Jupiter moves into Taurus today. We're going to talk about that. As it does, it squares off with Pluto. We're going to be talking about this alignment all week. Then there is Mercury. The messenger of the gods, guide of souls to the underworld, the planet of consciousness, communication, and coordination. Also in Taurus, just completed its retrograde, which ended at five degrees. Now it's here at six degrees. It's making a long-term alignment here with Saturn, the god of wealth and time, the planet of restriction, responsibility, hard work, achievement, and authority in Pisces. So what does this all mean? This these alignments are are lingering all week. They're lingering all week. So let's begin with Jupiter. Jupiter is moving into Taurus. The last time Jupiter was in Taurus was June 5th, 2011 to June 11th, 2012. Jupiter will be transiting through Taurus from today, May 16th until May 25th of 2024. So just over a year. The planet of luck and expansion in Taurus, the sign that represents money, the material. Uh, So on one way, one way to look at this is like, oh, this is great. You know, like the planet of luck in the sign that represents money. So we're all going to be more abundant when it comes to money and wealth and the material at the same time. It sounded like you were about to say, but I'm scared. (laughs) Well, there's two sides to every coin. Okay. So, you know, maybe on the other side of the coin, it's 
Jupiter is giving us an expanded look at our finances. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at your finances and you're like, oh my God, I've got to get this in order. I've got to uh, start organizing my money, really being clear about where I'm spending it, how I'm making it. Is it in alignment with my values and my self-worth? Uh, there is the uh, danger of being overly extravagant hmm. or excessive when Jupiter is in Taurus. So it's important to use this energy to tap into your abundance, but don't overuse it to the point where you're going to have to end up owing money uh, later on or sometime during this transit. Well, so I'm thinking the alignment of Jupiter and Taurus and Jupiter and Taurus mm -hmm. connecting with Pluto in Aquarius might be, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a square. So you're taking the expanded look at your finances and then you're looking at the community and it's everything's shifting in the community. So maybe you're seeing things in the community that you want and you can't have, and you want to show up different. And it's like, well, if you want to show up different, you're going to have to make a change to like, you're going to have to really take a look at your finances if you want to end up where you want to be, which means, you know, planning for your future and maybe being more conservative or being more reflective and actually looking at your finances. Cause sometimes people just want to be showy. It's like the material, the negative side of being materialistic. It's like, we want to have all these things that give us our creature comforts and it can be emotionally fulfilling to have wealth. But also if you're spending too much to get what you want and it's something you actually don't have to spend, you're going to fuck yourself mm -hmm. and it's not yeah. going to feel good. Yeah. Even though it looks good momentarily to the community, you're like, oh, look at this shiny new car. Okay, well, now you have a $700 a month payment and you're fucking pissed. And you're yeah. like, damn yeah. it, if I didn't yeah. have this expensive ass <laughs> car, I'm literally talking to myself. Like in the moment, I was like, oh, I have all this money. I, well, I needed a new car, but I should mm -hmm. have probably saved beforehand. I mean, sometimes there's nothing you can do because now I'm looking back. I'm like, well, what could I have done in that moment? At the time, I had a partner that I shared finances with. It felt like it made more sense at the time. And now looking back, I'm like, fuck, I cannot wait to pay off this car because between the car and the insurance, it's just ridiculous. And it's yeah. a burden on my life that I really don't want to have. And it bums me out because if I had that mm. much extra money every month, I would be so much more at ease. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't really go out to eat. Like, I love eating out. But like, I feel like I'm very conservative with my money. I don't do extravagant things. I don't have expensive clothes and I work so hard. I'm like, I wish, you know, when I was younger, my finances or my, my expenses were so much less. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to have a little more uh, discretionary funds. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh, the more you make, the more you spend. And now all of this is built up and it's like, okay, now I am seeing that in myself. And I'm like, I want to be more conservative because I don't want to have any debt at all mm. like that's mm -hmm. not interesting to me to have anything like that so no and it's uncomfortable because i'm like well i want to buy a brand new dress for this wedding i went to crossroads i bought a cheap dress it's cute now i have to get altered. it's just like a whole thing and i'm like my friend was literally asking me what is more important because i'm like oh i would rather just go get a new dress like mm. now i'm stressed out it doesn't fit right and now i waited till the last minute even though i bought this months ago to get it they're like, well, is it really that important to look so good for this wedding? They only really care that you're there and now you're going to pressure yourself financially for this one day. And that doesn't, you know, what, you know, what's more important to you? Is it more important to feel luxurious in the moment when no one really gives a fuck because the wedding's not about you? Mm -hmm. Or is it more important to save your money? Like, 
you have to ask that's where that it comes down that's where it comes down to values you know yeah. what's important to you and there's that phrase keeping up with the joneses yeah. that was commandeered by keeping up with the kardashians so if you see that like courtney and uh i don't know what chloe. kim chloe yeah uh <laughs> you know if oh i've got to have that because they have that and now i'm putting that on a credit card and now i owe money and and it actually ends up costing me more than what it i ended up paying for it because and now of it's the costing me interest. emotionally too emotional yes. burden well, of the and, debt and so when you think of the emotional burden and think about the other alignment with mercury and taurus aligning with saturn in pisces so saturn in pisces is urging us to take a hard look at our unconscious being responsible <laughs> being responsible oh i feel so guilty I, I i shouldn't have bought that car if i did if i didn't buy that car then i would have so much give yourself a break you know like try not to be so hard on yourself about it mm. you're in the situation that you're in because you're meant to be in this situation mm. And it's not the end of the world that you have this car and it's a, it's a, you know, bigger payment than what you want, but you've, you've learned from it that you're not yeah. going to do that again. And, and that's the benefit. So really connecting your conscious mind to your unconscious mind, showing yourself compassion for the financial choices you've made in your life. I mean, just staying on that same exact subject. When I bought the car, I was like, I only want to pay this much of a payment. And they're like, okay, we can do that. And I, I had never bought a new car. I bought a used car and I, I knew the payment before I bought it. I didn't get any warranty. My mm -hmm. insurance was cheap because my car was cheaper. So when I bought this car, I bought it and they were like, oh, do you want to get a warranty? Like you got the exact price you mm -hmm. wanted. And I was like, no, are they trying to scam me? And they're like, oh, you need it. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I called my mm -hmm. ex's dad because he worked in banking for 45 years. Mm -hmm. And he, I was like, are they trying to scam me at the dealership? And he was like, dude you have to buy that warranty you bought an expensive new car like you're going to pay so much more that all these things are included you actually need to get the warranty that's the smartest thing to do and i was like god damn it now i'm paying 150 or 200 more a month because of the warranty and i just it's because i didn't know like how would i have known that beforehand i would have never asked that question until i was already kind of in too deep and then it made my insurance go up significantly so you know, it's just a first time buy in this sense where I'm like, Sweet. oh, I didn't realize it would be so much more than I anticipated. Now it's essentially like $300 more than I expected to pay because of the insurance on the more, the nicer car uh -huh. and the newer car. And then also for the warranty, which now is, yeah. Are you glad you got the warranty? I mean, I guess, I mean, I did use it. Like it was included like, oh, at this many miles, you get a service, you get you know, free oil changes and whatever up update stuff for like the first couple of years, which now I think I've had it for three years. So I think all of that warranty stuff is like kind of faded out all of the benefits. I just didn't realize, you know, just a big learning experience of having asking all these questions in advance and being more, you know, educated when it comes to a bigger purchase. I just didn't, you know, I hadn't had any issues for my last one. I had bought a car and I was like, okay, I know how to buy a car. Well, my, my hope is that with Jupiter in Taurus, Jupiter is the planet of buoyancy and abundance. And I, I hope that it, it brings some levity or lightness to everyone's finances so that I everyone that. feels better about, you know, their money situation. Yeah. 
yes, yes, yes. Moving on to Wednesday, May 17th, we're just adding one planet here. The moon, the planet of emotions in Taurus. As it moves into Taurus, it forms that conjunction with Jupiter in Taurus. It forms the square to Pluto uh, as well. It also, I didn't want to make it more complicated, but okay. it will move to six degrees and form that conjunction with Mercury in Taurus and the sextile to Saturn in Pisces. So the moon brings out emotional sensitivity. So maybe everything that we were talking about on Tuesday, you're feeling even more on Wednesday when the moon shows up there. And just focus on on your material well-being and your self-worth. What 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 do you value? What is important to you? Some people want this type of car, some people want that kind of car. You know, nobody's wrong unless yeah. you're choosing something that's that you don't want because yeah. somebody else I mean, is telling you to get that. I mean, I even like asked my ex, I'm like, should we just sell this car and then we'll like get two like cheaper cars? And he was like, this car is important for your happiness. Like you're very sensitive. It is like a more like it's like a luxury sport car. It's an Audi. Mm -hmm. It's very quiet inside when you drive. It's very smooth and like having something that feels quiet to me, I'm just very sensitive to noise and I drive mm -hmm. a lot to like work and my family lives an hour away. And I think that that like, and just living in LA, just j dealing with traffic in general, it's very soothing to my nervous system for my overall well-being to have something that is actually comfortable and quiet to be in for long periods of time. It really feels like it soothes me. So I guess recognizing that you know, he even recognizes it in me. He's like, dude, like you need to, you need to have that. That's important for your like well-being is to have, sometimes you have to spend money on nice things and it's okay. Okay. Then that's it. That's your answer. You know, because that's what you value. You value being in a car where you feel somewhat insulated and safe from the chaos that it surrounds you in, you know, the Los Angeles traffic scene. So... Moving on to Thursday, May 18th, we're adding in the sun, the planet of light, life, and vitality. Yeah, and we're like Taurus. doubling down yes. on all of this stuff is building. Exactly. Aligning with uh, Neptune over here at uh, 27 degrees in Pisces. So, yeah, we're like doubling down with the energy where we've got uh, Saturn and neptune and pisces and then uh the sun and mercury and taurus and jupiter and taurus and jupiter connected so it's like three planets in taurus we're talking about here uh the planet of expansion the planet of communication and the planet of vitality and wow you know this is just highlighting everything that we're talking about here what do i value what are my fantasies for money, when it comes to money, like, are are you somebody that can really manifest specifically what it is you want, where you, you know, the more that you think about the way that the food tastes, or the way that the car feels like when you're sitting in it, and the way that it drives, does that put you in this place like this could be a powerful time to manifest what you want, in terms of your material well being. And also, I mean, just even in having the conversation with you to like kind of work these things out and reflect on it, it's like, 
I don't know if maybe it brings more appreciation for these things, whether it's in your, you know, in your dreams of projecting for the future or in the current moment of just being like, yeah, what is important to me? Sometimes I forget those comforts, like just buying something new for my home. Every time that happens where I'm like, oh, I need to invest in my material world. It is very fulfilling emotionally. So recognizing that that car is more than just an expense, it's a, a trade-off, it's a financial trade-off for a comfort that's important to me. Um, yeah, I think that just... And you're willing to pay for it. You're willing to work for it. Yes. Okay. So the energy continues to intensify as we move to Friday, May 19th where we have all the planets that we've been talking about, Jupiter squaring Pluto, Saturn, sextile Mercury. We're also adding in Mars, the god of war, the planet of action, aggression, and conflict in the fixed fire sign, symbolized by the lion Leo. So Mars moves into Leo and forms a square with Jupiter in Jupiter in Taurus, while also forming an opposition to Pluto in Aquarius. Meanwhile, we've got the moon and the sun conjunct in Taurus at 28 degrees here, forming the new moon in Taurus. So Ingrid's got her hand on her forehead. Her brain (laughs) is melting. (laughs) There's so many alignments. I'm like, how do we even sum this up? I'm like, wait. So let's do it one at a time, just one at a time. Like, let's make it as simple as possible. Like first things first, uh, you know, let's talk about uh, Mars in Leo, you know, Mars in Leo, which is, is the last time Mars was in Leo was June 11th to July 29th, 2021. Uh, This time it's here from May 20th until July 10th of this year. So for those of you that have key astrological points or planets in Scorpio or Taurus, there's going to be some conflicts during this period. So just buckle down, uh, face, run towards your fears, face the conflicts, uh, and, and do it from your heart center because mm. Mars is the planet of action and Leo is the sign that rules the heart. So Everybody is being called to action to follow their heart. So, I mean, this may sound silly because it's just like social media, but for some reason I just like, I like to consume it and I don't really put anything out, but we're uh, trying to put stuff on Instagram through uh, so people can have more ways to connect with us and use the astrology that lives in the podcast in like a more like a daily form. And then, you know, a weekly form where we're doing the little uh, intro where we read it so people can have an idea of what to listen to on the podcast. And so I'm like, that's more of like my face out there. Somehow I don't relate. Like Instagram feels different to me than like just the podcast. I feel like no one I know is listening. I mean, now I connect with these people through Instagram, but most of the people I know aren't really listening to Mm -hmm. the astrology. But then on Instagram, it's like those are a lot of those people I personally know. So then they're like seeing more of me and what I'm doing. So that feels kind of scary. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to post more astrology stuff, I don't feel like my life is all astrology. And I'd like to showcase more of what I do. You know, I want to incorporate food or nails or art, which put a little bit of pressure on me and a little bit of fear of putting myself out in the community, doing something in a different way where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have once a week post for astrology, I also want to have a once a week post for 
some sort of art, some sort of food, maybe some fashion. And that's all a bit uncomfortable, but also exciting. And like using that action energy and Leo energy, like that's something I like to do. I like to share these parts of myself. So I don't know what the deal is, but it's giving me a bit of accountability. I see Saturn over here in Pisces. Maybe it's like taking responsibility for my unconscious um, attachment to maybe staying small. Yes. Leo's about creativity and being the center of attention and having fun and seeking the spotlight. So, you know, this Mars is, is driving you to be more creative and follow your fun and your joy and, and the things that make your heart feel open. Now, when we're talking about the new moon in Taurus, and if you're curious about understanding how these lunar cycles affect you. I mean, this class is already filled up now, but for the next cycle, uh, I teach moon cycle classes where we look at where the new moon and full moon are happening and where they're happening in relation to your astrological code and how to work with that energy. So when I think of the new moon, I think of, I think of myself as a farmer. And a farmer wants mm -hmm. to know three needs to know three things needs to understand the seed, the soil and the climate. So when you're in the moon cycle class, you learn the soil and the climate, which is what house is this new moon occurring in for you. And the climate is what planets within your astrological code are aligning with the new moon, but the seed is where is the new moon? What sign is the new moon in? The new moon is planting the seed of the coming harvest. The full moon is showing and sharing the harvest. So, so understanding Taurus, fixed earth, ruled by Venus, symbolized by the bull. Taurus is, when you think of Taurus, self-worth, values, security, sensuality. In order to have any values, you have to have, you have to understand your self-worth. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. This is what feels good to me. This is what tastes good to me. This is what looks good, sounds good to mm -hmm. me. Uh, and then once you have those values, then it's about securing those values. Like if, you know, you, you have your, your car that you value, Ingrid, you don't leave it, you know, parked with the windows down and the doors unlocked, you know, you lock it up and keep it in a safe place to some degree, or, or maybe you do, you know, leave the door. I try open. to keep it know. clean so, and like, keep it you know, clean. In, in the past, I've like not been very good at keeping my car clean. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I've never been, I feel like my car has been kind of like a chaotic place mm -hmm. of clothes and like trash. And just once I got this car, I, felt like I really wanted to care for it way more than I've ever cared for a vehicle in the past because it was important to me to take care take care of this thing because I thought mm -hmm. it was valuable something that I really value mm -hmm. yes exactly so it totally changed your perspe perspective on how to treat your car yeah. and and this is where sensuality comes in because once you have secured what it is you value now you can truly enjoy Mm -hmm. sitting in the car, feeling the comfort of the mm -hmm. seats, maybe the heated seats on a cold yes. night. Or... That's my favorite part about my car, Scott. <laughs> Have I told you that before? I don't know. Maybe. But I'm, even like on a summer night when it's cool, like it gets cool in LA at night, even in the summertime sometimes. And like, especially after work, I get off at like four o'clock in the morning, five in the morning. I'm fucking cold. Mm -hmm. I always feel so grateful to have that. 
Like that, it just really fills me with joy to be able to experience a heated seat. Like it mm. feels very luxurious and I appreciate it every single time. Like I didn't mm. grow up with a, nice vehicles and that's definitely something that I appreciate that. And also, um, like it has a nice, nice speakers and stuff. It came with like an upgraded sound system, which like my old car, um, also had nice speakers when I got it. And that was one of the mm-hmm. things I really valued. Mm. I feel like I've become a bit of like a audio, like audio snob i'm like if it doesn't sound like i can watch something that looks shitty but if it doesn't sound good like no that's not gonna work for me <laughs> yes so yes those, so, both of those things feel like i appreciate them a lot so during this this new moon which is occurring at 8 54 a.m pacific time this is your opportunity to to set your intentions uh of to establish your self-worth mm-hmm. what you value to secure what it is you value and to enjoy the five physical senses. I always love, I love Taurus stuff. It just really, every time you remind me to tap into this and that there's a reason it's important to me, I'm like, oh my God, you're fucking right. Like I'm not, I appreciate the house that I live in. I pay a lot of money to live here, but I love my house. I think Mm -hmm. it's really beautiful. It's really comfortable. It's really quiet. And I could live somewhere in a neighborhood that's not as quiet. There is a trade-off for that. Mm. There's a big trade-off for my mental yeah, health exactly. and my well-being. Exactly. I mean, you lived, you know, uh, Gabriella, your lady, she's very sensitive as well. And that was like oh, one yeah. of the things that was making her not like her living situation anymore in your past <laughs> house. It was too loud. And she was just like, I yeah. can't take it. I could hear a freeway. I could hear a person. Like, no. Yeah. Now it's just the planes that are flying overhead. So that's the new... Uh... <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh (laughs) i don't know go down this road (laughs) let's move on to saturday because i've got i've got something to admit here in the chaos of uh of putting this together i've realized that that i we we made a mistake uh i should have caught this earlier but like if we go back to uh friday like this Leo should not be here here on Friday. It should only be here on on Saturday. Okay. So, oh well, you know, our listeners understand. But and also, you know, I mean, you still feel the energy. Like you'll be feeling it before and after. The absolutely, day, so. absolutely. And so, uh, you know, it's important to to really lean into this Leo energy, and and especially, you know, those that that have prominent fire or air placements like this is the time to to really thrive to really you know th- this is your time this is your time if if you're an air or fire sign from from May 20th to July 10th this is the kick ass and take names period of the year for you this happens every 2 years you know it takes saturn or takes mars 2 years to transit through the zodiac so this is a real opportunity. I don't want to just be, you know, doom and gloom for the the Tauruses and Scorpios like me. Uh, but I have planets in air and and fire as well. So, you know, it's all the balance. And this is why, you know, understanding your astrological code is so important so that you know when this Mars piece is going to be squaring someplace in your chart or sextiling or trine, which is the gift. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking like, the more we get into these nuances where we're like, oh, well, now we know we have a primal triad. It's like, okay, well, part of it is in 
a sign that might be more uncomfortable. And then another part of your alignment might be more positive. So, you know, how does that affect you positively and negatively at mm -hmm. the same time? Like, how do you work with the energy? Sometimes it's just recognizing that sometimes it will be uncomfortable, but there is a gift in pushing through the discomfort and gaining the reward at the end of actually just moving through the energy and being aware of like the lesson or the, the payoff that the reward that you will get by actually moving through it intentionally. Yes. And if yes. you, if, if you haven't had a reading, like number one, the moon classes, uh, that's like the cheapest way to get some personal one-on-one -on -one time with Scott. They happen twice every, I mean, kind of a month or every moon cycle, mm -hmm. you set intentions with him. And then there's a check-in on how they've kind of manifested in your life. And he does those according to your chart. So those are really fun, like intro to just get to know Scott more and see how to work with the energy more. And then, or you can get a reading. And once you get a reading, uh, these little nuanced things will make more sense to you. Or if you like what's happening on here, basically he has a a deeper level the cosmic pathway where you actually meet with him every single week more like you would like a therapist or a coach or something which is kind of what scott does for me here so mm -hmm. if you have seen some growth in me which i think you know you just help me check in and tap into all of these these things we talk about on a weekly basis and this check-in right here does so much for me i learned so much about myself and i think my relationships my finances my career my goals mm -hmm. Um, are all positively impacted by what we talk about on here. Mm. And you reminding me of all the things that I want to work on. So if if you guys out there listening, see what's happening with me and Scott here, and you want some of that, that's what the Cosmic Pathway is. And he only has like a limited amount of spots. And I think a few spots have opened up recently. So you've been thinking about it. You should write Scott. It's a little more, it's a deeper process. So you actually have to get a reading first and connect with him and see if it's a good match for you both. Because he has a, he's selective about who he meets with on a weekly basis. He wants to make sure it's worth it for both of you to connect and you, that you're really well aligned for the program. Mm, thank so you, I think Andrew. that's like your most special offering really. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, that's my, my greatest joy is working with somebody on a weekly basis and just seeing the growth over you like to go time. Deep. Yeah. Go deep. Yes. Yes. Scott's, absolutely. It's, it's very hard for Scott to do a surface thing, even in just the alignments or the questions. It's like, I'm like, okay, maybe we can talk about it for three minutes. And Scott's like, I can talk about it for 45 minutes. Like <laughs> he can just go, that's like his favorite thing. So I do think that's where you really thrive is, you know, the one-on-one -on -one time. And once you, the more I get to know you, the more beneficial this relationship is, which is just crazy. It's like constantly mm. evolving and growing and you knowing me in a deeper way and being able to reflect the the planet's energy in ways that will benefit me. Mm, thank you, Ingrid. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very great. You you help keep me in check so that I don't just ramble on for 45 minutes about every <laughs> alignment. So, thank you for that. So, concluding here with Sunday, May 21st, we're looking at Mars in Leo again opposing Pluto and Aquarius, but we're adding the sun in Gemini, the sun moves into Gemini and forms that sextile with Mars and the trine to Pluto. So this is a very powerful air-fire mix between the two air signs, the fixed and the mutable and the fixed fire sign. <laughs> so, you know, the very... sun, yeah. Oh, what were you going to say? Oh. I, this seems like it would be like an uplifting 
energy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Gemini is the lightest sign. It's the curious sign. It's, it's, you know, just wanting to get the bite size info, the cliff notes, the bullet points, and, and they keep Gemini's, they keep things moving. They keep things, they keep the conversation flowing. They get you from one, they, they help people like me, Ingrid being a Gemini rising, helping people like me, uh, not ramble on about the same talk topic for 45 minutes, you know? Okay. I've had enough of that. Now let's move on to something else. <laughs> so, so, but Gemini, the sun is in Gemini every year from May 20th, May 21st until June 20th, June 21st, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is. Uh, but this year, uh, the sun is in Gemini from May 21st to June 21st. And this is, again, this is, this is a helpful alignment for all the air and fire signs. Uh, for those that are Virgo and Pisces, the sun in Gemini brings some challenges Make sure to really take your time and slow down and, and chill out, uh, especially if you have the sun or the moon in Virgo and Pisces. Uh, this can be a yep. little disruptive, uh, this Gemini energy, but it's a time to really connect with other people and connect people together. So if you know this person and you know that person and they don't know each other and you think they'd make a good match for whatever reason, connect them. And and start the conversation by asking questions, listening. Gemini is all about listening. Great listeners. It's ruled by Mercury. So this is an opportunity to improve your listening and to elevate your knowledge by learning a little bit about a lot. I'm also wondering, I mean, you just touched on this, but it's like taking being courageous and taking mm -hmm. action in the community in mm -hmm. a way that is different mm -hmm. than you would normally do it mm. by asking the questions and being curious. Yes. Don't be afraid. Like you said, or like, don't be afraid to ask the questions. Yes. And it's scary to do things in a new way, especially in the community. Yes. Like it's to be seen and just act different or ask different questions. It's like, Oh no, am I going to be annoying or weird? Or like, are they going to hate me? It's like, no, it's, you're connecting with people and that's good. You're being curious and that's ge genuine curiosity, I think is a means to closer relationships. This alignment with the sun and Pluto and Mars, I mean, it's, it's drawing you into the community. Like Pluto is a very magnetic planet. So I imagine that people are going to feel very social during this time, uh, Follow your heart towards the questions that you want to ask. You know, like when you're thinking about a question, how does the question make your heart feel? Mm. Does it feel excited? Does it feel afraid? Uh, maybe if there's fear there, there's something to look at within yourself and maybe.